Chapter 25 of Legends of Saints and Sinners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Danielle Fedrigo, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Legends of Saints and Sinners by Douglas Hyde, The Student Who Left College. Preface. The following curious story has parallels in many countries. It is probably founded upon the verse in 2 Peter 3, 8, Quia unes dies apud dominum sicut mille ani, et mille ani sicut unes dies. For a thousand years are with the Lord as one day, and one day as a thousand years. It need not, however, be founded upon any Christian conception, for the purely pagan story of Ushin or Oshin, in the land of the ever-young, was known all over Ireland. Ushin thought he had spent only a short time in the happy other world, but when he returned to Ireland, he found he had been away for three hundred years, and everyone he knew had died. The reciter had forgotten what the name of the monastery was, but I believe it to have been the ancient abbey and school at Killarney, now in ruins. I have heard that the things told in this story, or one similar to it, were supposed to have happened there. The river with water as red as blood reminds us of Thomas of Ursuldown's experience when he wrapped away into fairy by the queen. Oh, they rode on and farther on, and they waded through rivers above the knee, and they saw neither sun or moon, but they heard the roaring of the sea. It was murk, murk night, there was nay stern light, and they waded through red blood to the knee. For all the blood that shed on earth runs through the springs of that country. Hence it was small wonder that the student thought that the musicians belonged to the fairy host. The fact that while in the other world he ate nothing is pure pagan tradition, for as is well known from many stories, classical and other, whoso eats or drinks of other world food is precluded from returning to this life. Proserpine would not eat in Pluto's realm, or she must have remained there. The six pomegranate seeds that she swallowed cost her six months' stay there. For the text of this story, see Religious Songs of Connacht, Volume 2, page 122. The Story There came a number of young people from the country of Galway to a great college to learn and gain instruction so as to become priests. I often heard the name of this college from my mother, but I do not remember it. It was not Maynooth. There was a man of these of the name of Patrick O'Flynn. He was the son of a rich farmer. His father and his mother desired to make a priest of him. He was a nice gentle lad. He used not to go dancing with the other boys in the evening, but it was his habit to go out with the grey light of day, and he used to be walking by himself, up and down, under the shadow of the great trees that were round about the college. And he used to remain there, thinking and meditating by himself, until some person would come to bring him into his room. One evening, in the month of May, he went out, as was his custom, and he was taking his walk under the trees when he heard a melodious music. There came a darkness or a sort of blindness over his eyes, and when he found his sight again, he beheld a high wall on every side of him, and out in front of him a shining road. The musicians were on the road, and they were playing melodiously, and he heard a voice saying, Come with us to the land of delight and rest. He looked back and beheld a great high wall behind him, and on each side of him, and he was not able to return back again across the wall, although he desired to return. He went forward then, after the music. He did not know how long he walked, but the great high wall kept ever on each side of him and behind him. He was going and ever going until they came to a great river, and water in it as red as blood. Wonder came upon him then, in great fear, but the musicians walked across the river without wetting their feet, and Patrick O'Flynn followed them without wetting his own. He thought at first that the musicians belonged to the fairy host, and next he thought that he had died, and that it was a group of angels that were in it, taking him to heaven. The walls fell away from them then, on each side, and they came to a great wide plain. They were going then, and ever going, until they came to a fine castle that was in the midst of the plain, the musicians went in, but Patrick O'Flynn remained outside. 
It was not long until the chief of the musicians came out to him and brought him into a handsome chamber. He spoke not a word, and Patrick O'Flynn never heard one spoken so long as he remained there. There was no night in that place, but the light of day throughout. He never ate and drank a single thing there, and he never saw anyone eating or drinking, and the music never ceased. Every half hour, as he thought, he used to hear a bell, as it were a church bell, being rung, but he never beheld the bell, and he was unable to see it in any place. When the musicians used to go out upon the plain before the castle, there used to come a tribe of every sort of bird in the heavens, playing the most melodious music that ear ever heard. It was often Patrick O'Flynn said to himself, It is certain that I am in heaven, but is it not curious that I have no remembrance of sickness, nor of death, nor of judgment, and that I have not seen God nor his blessed mother, as is promised to us? Patrick O'Flynn did not know how long he was in that delightful place. He thought he had been in it for only a short little time, but he was in it for a hundred years and one. One day the musicians were out in the field, and he was listening to them, when the chief came to him. He brought him out and put him behind the musicians. They departed on their way, and they made neither stop nor stay until they came to the river that was red as blood. They went across that without wetting their foot soles, and went forward until they came to the field near the college, where they found him at the first. Then they departed from his sight like a mist. He looked round him and recognized the college, but he thought that the trees were higher and that there were some changes in the college itself. He went in then, but he did not recognize a single person whom he met, and not a person recognized him. The principal of the college came to him and said to him, Where are you from, son, or what is your name? I am Patrick O'Flynn from the country of Galway, said he. How long are you here, said the principal. I am here since the first day of March, said he. I think that you are out of your senses, said the principal. There is no person of your name in the college, and there has not been for twenty years, for I am more than twenty years here. Though you were in it since you were born, yet I am here since last March, and I can show you my room and my books. With that, he went up the stairs and the principal after him. He went into the room and looked round him and said, This is my room, but that is not my furniture, and those are not my books that are in it. He saw an old Bible upon the table and opened it and said, This is my Bible. My mother gave it to me when I was coming here, and see, my name is written in it. The principal looked at the Bible, and there, as sure as God is in heaven, was the name of Patrick O'Flynn written in it and the day of the month that he left home. Now there was great trouble of mind on the principal, and he did not know what he should do. He sent for the masters and the professors and told them the story. By my word, said the old priest that was in it, I heard talk when I was young of a student who went away out of this college, and there was no account of him since, whether living or dead. The people searched the river and the bog holes, but there was no account to be had of him, and they never got the body. The principal called to them then, and bade them bring him a great book in which the name of every person was written who had come to that college since it was founded. He looked through the book, and see, Patrick O'Flynn's name was in it, and the day of the month that he came, and this note was written opposite to his name, that the same Patrick O'Flynn had departed on such a day, and that nobody knew what had become of him. Now it was exactly one hundred and one years from the day he went until the day he came back in that fashion. This is a wonderful and a very wonderful story, said the principal, but... Do you wait here quietly, my son, said he, and I shall write to the bishop. He did that, and he got an account from the bishop to keep the man until he should come himself. At the end of the week after that, the bishop came and sent for Patrick O'Flynn. There was nobody present except the two. Now, son, said the bishop, go on your knees and make a confession. There he made an act of contrition, and the bishop gave him absolution. Immediately there came a fainting and a heavy sleep over him, and he was, as it were, for three days and three nights a dead person. When he came to himself, the bishop and the priest were round about him. He rose up, shook himself, and told them his story, as I have it told, and he put excessive wonder upon every man of them. 
Now, said he, here I am alive and safe, and do as ye please. The bishop and the priest took counsel together. It is a saintly man you are, said the bishop then, and we shall give you holy orders on the spot. They made a priest of him then, and no sooner were holy orders given him than he fell dead upon the altar, and they all heard at the same time the most melodious music that ear ever listened to above them in the sky, and they all said that it was the angels who were in it, carrying the soul of Father O'Flynn up to heaven with them. End of chapter 25